everyone, and welcome to this conversation presented by White House Custom Color. I'm Jed Toffer. Thanks for listening. You know, my wife Vicki and I have owned and operated our photography studio, V Gallery, for 20 years now. White House has been our lab for the last 16 of those years, and we could not be happier. White House is a family-run business, just like ours. If you haven't already, check them out at whcc.com. And if you want to drop me a line, feel free to email me at jed at whcc.com. I was a Boy Scout for a couple years in my very early teens. I remember learning many things about camping, canoeing, conservation, and the like. For the most part, I really enjoyed the Scouts. We had a lot of fun. What I didn't realize at the time, though, was that I was also learning, or more like absorbing, concepts like honesty, loyalty, and hard work. I was building my character without realizing it. Our motto was be prepared, and I think many of the things I took from the Boy Scouts stemmed from that. Jeff Dachowski takes that motto very seriously. He's one of the funniest people you'll ever meet, but when it comes to business, he's ready for anything, and it's served him well through the years. He's also a huge New England Patriots fan, so of course, we talked about Tom Brady. What I love about Tom, actually, is it's one of my... One of the philosophies we have, like a joke all the time about, you know, an amateur practices till they get it right, and a professional practices till they get it till they, till they can't get it wrong. Right, right. And that's what I liked about Tom. His work ethic was he pretended in his head. Uh, I call it. It's actually a term called um, constructive delusion. You ever heard of that? It's pretty neat where you convinced no. yourself of what's going to happen, and more than likely or not, you've actually created it happening. So Tom pretended every day that he was going in. For all the games that he was a second string, he got up every morning saying, um, today's my day. I'm going to get in there. I'm going to do it. And he practiced like he was the starting quarterback. He ate like he was the starting quarterback. And he he knew the plays. Like He he did not sit on the side waiting for his chance. He was ready. So when it happened, he so was ready. So when it was ready. happened, he was ready. And the Beatles, you know, in the book Outliers uh, by Malcolm Gladwell, they talk about the Beatles that they played Germany in the clubs for years and years. And they spent 10 hours a day playing. They were ready. So when they became famous, they had their hits, their, um, they were already had gone through all those struggles that a band goes through about finding the identity of who the main songwriter is. And so, you know, in the time, there's lots of one hit wonders that happened because four kids get together in a, a Birmingham basement, they play one jangly song, it goes big, and then they hate each other eight weeks later. So there's no more music. Well, the Beatles had been forced to live together in a small apartment in Germany. They had already worked out for almost two years, I think. They worked out all their inner personality issues. Well. Or most of them. So when, <laughs> yeah, but they became new ones. But they when right. they were ready to keep moving forward. Yeah. And I, I think that sort of thing, like I, a lot of it's, you know, it's kind of like a Boy Scout thing. But he, he was prepared. And I think in business, if we're prepared, we're just, I, we look like pros. Well, what does it look like for us? Yeah, so for me, I, I think um, it, it involves like understanding that you don't have a single sync cord for your strums. <laughs> you know, you if you're going to go shoot, go shoot a job, you better have a couple, like four or five sync cords. And, a, and you, I have one in my, I have one for all of my strobes in all of my cars. And I have uh, a pack of cards in every car just waiting to be used. It sounds crazy, but you forget either one of those things and it, with your assistant or you're, you're driving back somewhere to get something and, and you've effectively lost that job. Now, cameras break, they're dropped, lenses malfunction, things like that. No one expects you to have six or seven of those, but when for a hundred bucks you can fill your car with emergency things to cover you, 
you know, you're in the bathroom and you drop a four, four packs of one terabyte cards in the toilet. Like mm. you've got to have a backup. And I don't mean, you know, I'm not talking backup. I mean, it's just about being prepared and it's uh, understanding, you know, in, in business, we, we have to know what our objections our clients are typically going to hear or say that is, and we need to be ready with a, an honest, a piece of on, authentic communication back to them. This is like going into a sale. Yeah. Well, we I mean, for a- me, it's the sale and it's a shooting. It's the whole part of like from when that first phone call happens, you know, I mean, for, if someone makes an inquiry, whether it's email or okay. for um, it's our, my, my method is okay. So I, I need to know what they're going to ask. Cause I know what they're going to ask and I need to have an answer that makes sense and is authentic to me. And I, when I show up at a job, I need to be prepared mentally for the job. I need to have the gear in my car. I need to know what I'm supposed to shoot in the sale. I need to know what I shot and what they want to, what they want to, how they want to present their art and their home or the client has a, a campaign they want to work. These are the things I need to know going in. And so for me, it's, it's about being prepared all the way to the end, all the way to the delivery or the installation. Like I need to know what kind of walls I'm putting it in. So it's just a, a general idea of let's not fly by the seat of our pants. Let's be prepared to handle whatever comes my way. I was watching these talks and these two guys, they get up and they do these Q and A's at the end of their talks and, and they never know, quote unquote, they never know what's going to be asked, right? Yeah. But at one point, uh, one of the guys, and I've seen dozens of their talks, one of the guys was like, you know what? There's 20 questions that people ask yeah. in different forms. You know, they word it this a little bit differently. They word that a little bit differently. Where's the bathroom? But there's 20. <laughs> well, that's, my, that's always my first one. <laughs> but I... I uh, I was struck by that and I had never really thought about it that way before because they always seem so ready for any question, right? Like someone asks a question and they give this great articulate answer. Mm-hmm. And his whole reasoning was, well, because there's only 20. If you know the answers and you're ready for these 20 questions, no one is ever going to, and he said this, no one is ever going to ask anything outside of those 20 questions in all seriousness. Isn't that interesting? I wonder if that's a psychological thing Maybe. about like like some some base grouping of psychology like within the brain or within our culture. I'm, I'm guessing it's, is it must be multicultural, like not just U.S. or... Right, right. Uh, so like there's, yeah. there's like multi... Across all cultures and, and backgrounds, like there's 20 things that in our like DNA we need to know or we well, think to ask. Well, what I was wondering, like he's extremely experienced and you're, you're experienced too. You're not... I started last kid. year, yeah, new <laughs> photographer. I started, I got a Canon Rebel, went to Best Buy and I started a Facebook page and there I was, you know? Well, answer me this real quick then because then we can keep going because this is a good thread, but... Who, tell me who you are. Oh yeah. Hey, it's Jeff Dachowski. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's a, I'm, I'm Jeff Dachowski. Uh, my studio is in Bedford, New Hampshire. Um, we photograph, uh, families and, uh, seniors, children, uh, a fair amount of commercial campaigns, like for a lot of like magazine covers and hospitals and colleges and that sort of thing. Basically we photograph people. We're generalists. We're not we do not subscribe to the notion of a complete niche um, in their studio and lot, it works for a lot of my friends. But for me, uh, I just am not confident enough that I've got enough business for them. My work is good enough, so mm. I, I better have a little bit of a wider shot. In fact, I joke all the time that people only buy my images because someone they love is in them. Right. <laughs> you know, because I'm, I'm not known as a stellar photographer. Mm. I'm, I'm saleable. And uh, I don't have any, any, any um, f- false delusion, if you will, that, wow, people are people are going to buy my stuff because it's really good. It's, it's saleable. It's good. I mean, it's saleable, okay. Okay. you know, 
you know, you're not going to hang. My point is you're not going to buy one of my family's portraits to put on your wall. Like it's so good, you know, but like you have James Dean walking down a bull, bro, you know, boulevard of broken dreams. Yeah. That's going to have a mass appeal. I'm not shooting iconic stuff like that. Okay. Well, you know, I'm creating heritage and legacy for people. That's the, my goal. So that in the end they look back and, uh, you know, that it provides joy every time they walk by it. They think of their family, their loved ones, and it also comforts them when those family and loved ones have moved uh, to a better right. place. Like right. th- those don't get me wrong. I'm not negating what it is that I do. Mm-hmm. I'm just not put making it all about me. Mm-hmm. It's about them, you know, and I'm there to talk to them and get them comfortable and let them be who they really are. Like that's my goal. You're pretty experienced though, really. I mean, you've been yeah. doing this for a so, while. Yeah, I shot my first wedding in 1989. Okay. And my, my wife, um, was uh, I started dating my wife in 91 and she was she changed my backs to my film you know so I was shooting mm-hmm. 220 film and she would run uh you know at a wedding and she'd be in the back of the church madly pulling out a roll of 220 mm-hmm. and yeah and then I'd be like you know like medic <laughs> you know like in the right. church that's what, it, that's what it felt like shooting right. film in those days on medium format you know you're right. like medic right. medic and she would come running up with a film back you know and I'd click yeah. And then they take it off and pull the dark side out and put it in your pocket. I mean, you used to carry dark slides in our pockets all the time, you know, and then you'd start shooting away and you'd hope that everything was right. Cause if you know, you get two shots and you're like, Oh, that, that then something's not right. You know, you felt it. You could mechanically feel well, you had to right. feel it. You, you knew the feel. I mean, even the right. shutter though, right? Like you knew when your shutter died cause it didn't go anymore. It went, you know, okay. that's, that's a great Foley yeah, work. I, I, I hope you that you can take those sounds and I just have. make them my ringtone. You know, <laughs> I think we're going to license that. I think you're going to I think I think that's really the the what White House's goal is, yeah. is to um, take licensing yeah. from my interview. Yeah, we're 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 grabbing Foley effects. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be great. Oh my yeah, but goodness. so our studio is in Bedford, New Hampshire. Um, I'm on the PPA board of directors. Mm-hmm. Um, master photographer, photographer, craftsman. Mm-hmm. I love to compete. I'm a certified professional photographer. All those things I think are precursors for me, and who I hope for a lot of the industry. It's not about that your clients know that that stuff there. It's about that you are prepared, that you've done some due diligence, you've learned your craft, and I but get how it much right of in the that, camera. But how much of that is due to experience? Well, I think, you know, the the first shot I did, the first commercial shoot I ever did, it's so embarrassing. It's, I mean, <laughs> so my dad was an advertising guy and he sold uh, specialty advertising stuff, pens, mm-hmm. cups. There were no mouses then, so there was no mouse pads, but that sort of like thing, you know, like he'd, he'd sell all these, um, I think it was ASE was the name of the company that produced all these different tchotchke things for right. companies all over the world, right? And so he sold that stuff. So one of one of his clients came to me and said, I need a new headshot. So she was a drug rep. And so we shot it in my mom's living room. <laughs> Perfect. Of course it was. We shot it on film. Yeah. And I um, I positioned her on a, a high wing chair and I sat her down with my Yashica XX3 or whatever the, the body was, you know. It was the cheap Pentax K100 knockoff. You know, it wasn't, I couldn't afford the Pentax K100. I had the, Yashica, the, knock, right. the knockoff, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, and I got a little gooseneck. I had a red gooseneck reading lamp with a clamp on the bottom of it. You know, like those little clamps that you see like in college, clamps to the side of a building, I had a black uh, side of a door. Uh, and I uh, placed it seven or eight inches below her face and uh, made her look like Bella Lugosi, you know, and I shot the scene with tungsten light on daylight film. <laughs> I delivered the proofs and I charged her like $180 and I was like, 
oh my God, I'm going to take over the world with the amount of money I'm making here. And $180 I, is pretty good. She bought a whole bunch of four by sixes for yeah. her and it was so awful. I mean, it was... <laughs> Do you still have it? I don't have that and I wish oh. I did because I'd be like, let me tell you where I started. Oh man. And uh, and so that's how I started. I was uh, 17. I shot my first wedding at 18 and... Um, and I was, I'm supposed to do photography. Yeah. Like that's what I'm supposed to do. Like there's no doubt about it. I'm a musician as well, but when I realized that it wasn't going to work for me, uh, I, I'm, I'm built like I'm my DNA. My code is supposed to, I talk to people. I like people. I'm an extrovert. So I recharge by talking to people. Uh, I'm a, uh, if I had been born into a different family, like a, a family that really pushed education, I probably would have been an architect. Mm because I love lines and shapes. And I think mm. photographers and, and architects are very similar in their Line and shape, left, sure. left brain, right brain. There's a technical side and artistic side and mm -hmm. a, a whole middle part that is like function. Mm -hmm. right. uh, that's what I believe. I think there's, that's why a lot of architects, I think, love photography and why a lot of photographers love architecture. That I, makes sense. It's a pretty common thing. And so had I been born into a family that really pushed education like that, I probably would have found a love of buildings and shapes and weight loads and all those things are really interesting to me but I never had the math background to do it so a lot of experience a love of people yeah so there's, there's my DNA right there love love all that stuff it's me how much so and how much of your success is due to those two things alone because those sure. are two those are two big things like you're talking about being prepared being ready and a lot of that comes from experience yep but someone that's been doing this for a year or two, they don't have the experience. So how do they get where they need to be so without think, that key ingredient? Yeah, I, I, that's a great question because it's the, the experience is what you're really asking. You know, mm -hmm. how how do you get good without experience? And the truth is, you have the experience is just experience. Is that scene in that uh, in the Infinity Wars when Loki says to uh, to um, Thanos. Thanos. He says, I have some experience. And he says, you have a lot of, you have failure. He says, failure is still experience. Right. I mean, I'm paraphrasing like, yeah. and, and you know, that's still experience. And I so like I that. have lots of, I have lots of experience. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, disguised as failure, right. you know, initially, you know, and, and if you step back and, and you go, okay, well there's failure, but with that, you know, it's either I win or I learn that sort of mentality. Mm. So I always try to learn. I win or I learn. Yeah, either I win or I'm, and if I fail at something, I've learned something about it. Okay. For people who are a year into the business or two years in the business, um, I would rather you get experience talking to people and get good at your craft before you try to launch a business because they're two separate things. Getting good at your craft, talking to people, getting them at rest, knowing your camera in and out, all those things is, a, is one complete skill set. Mm. And we've all heard stories about people who have that skill set, right? And then you hear that they're awful to work with. Well, those are people who haven't taken the next step and say, I need to also be good with people. It's, it's if, true. If you're an introvert, it's one of those things that you need to find whatever space it is. You need to know that this is literally a key. It is mm -hmm. a key that you have to possess. It's like in the matrix with the key maker. Without that key, you can't get past, you can't get through to success. So if you're an introvert and it's not in your nature to, to work with people, yeah. you need to find whatever psychological space to get there. Right. You have to. Because if people will not open up to you if there's no there's no reciprocation. So if you tend to can't. be an introvert. And no, no, I'm, I'm an extrovert for sure. I just mean a person. Oh, yeah. oh if no. you, uh, sorry. I, I, I sense that you're hey, an extrovert. I don't know if you know this, but I'm an extrovert. <laughs> I'm just up. listen, just putting that down, write it down if you want, put it in your wallet and review <laughs> a couple of days a week. Jeff is an extrovert. <laughs> I, I, I believe that. 
But if someone is an introvert, if that's who you're addressing and they're and but they really want to get into photography or they really want to become more of a photographer and they're terrified of sales. Yeah, sales and phone calls. I'm sorry. Well, that's that's another discussion, but but they're in a lot of ways they're very similar because you're interacting with the client outside of the shoot. Right. And if someone is struggling with that, and I've talked to a few people that do, what do you, what do you say to them? So my advice on it is funny because I'm not an introvert. So when I say this, I'm not, I'm not picking on people. I'm not saying you're wrong for feeling that way. The truth is it's a, it's a, I don't want to say it's a condition. It's a personality type that I can't exactly understand. Mm. Right. Just like someone who's an introvert can't exactly understand how I can be in a room of 2000 people and leave feeling great. Like and talk and talk and talk. Other people who are introverts say this, I have to, you know, take two weeks off and, <laughs> and snuggle because it's too much. Right. So for me, <laughs> that's true. I'm more introverted than extrovert. Yeah, I, I believe that's true. And, yeah. and, and we get and along. Snuggling fate, sounds really, better. Yeah. Snuggling is better. So we're going to pause this for a little bit of snuggle time. Is that what well, we need to do? No, I, <laughs> <laughs> there's other caveats. Okay. All that right. Come along with it. But when yeah. you, when you, even when you bring up a room of 2000 people and I envision that, I think, ooh, and then you bring up snuggling. I think, oh, ah, nice. yes, the ooh is better than that. But ah, the snuggling I mean, is with my children or my wife. Well, that, that's a whole, uh, that's. A, if you that's said snuggling name. with you, I'd be like, ooh, again. Ooh, yeah, that's the ooh. So there's <laughs> ooh, ooh, ew, and yeah, ah. Ew. Those are I like all, the different, yeah, all different things going on. <clears throat> but so for me, getting back to your question. Yes. You, if you understand that this is the only way. Like there's only one way through this and it's through. Mm. So like if I told you, you're only going to survive this calamity by throwing a, a, the only way you can survive this calamity is by throwing a, a, a chair through this window mm-hmm. and jumping four stories. That's your only chance of survival. You're going to do it. You have to do it. Yeah. And so with, it's not about if, like it's the if is so crazy, like you have to do this. So I say, I would say like anything else, if you're trying to lose weight and you don't want to work out, you start by walking a third of a mile mm. and then you get up to walking a mile and whatever, like you build up to it. You understand you've got some confidence. If you're, if you have tr- struggle talking with people, you come to something like imaging USA, you say, I'm going to meet, I'm going to introduce myself to three people this week or yeah. three people today or whatever you're, whatever's just outside your comfort zone. Yeah. Carol's my wife says all the time, you know, and it's a phrase we success lies just outside your comfort zone. Mm. And so if you, have a hard time introducing yourself, go do it two or three times. Mm. And, um, and then you say, let's try it five times. And then all of a sudden it's not a, you don't have to do, you're not going to build up to like, I'm going to, I have to introduce myself to 150 people today. <laughs> After you like introduce yourself to 10 or 12 people and no, right. nothing terrible happens. Right. Cause it's all about fear. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> so if nothing terrible happens, then you say, okay, I actually can do this. Yeah. And I have, a, I now have experience mm-hmm. having, good interactions or because having, some of those aren't going to go well. No, someone will be like, oh, some of them, what's well, Hey, I'm Jeff. Great to meet you. Where are you from? Right. Hey, thanks for being here. Great. Right. Blah, blah, and goodbye. Like that's a perfectly great exchange. Sure. You know, we're not being like, Hey, I'm Jeff and we're going to know each other the rest of our lives. <laughs> so I hope you can take all my faults and failures and wrap them up <laughs> yeah, like, right now. Like second one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, here we go. Now, when I meet people that I actually know, I'm, I'm going to know the rest of my life. Like yeah. if I meet a new board member or something, I literally say to them, I'm Jeff and 
give me a hug because I'm going to know you the rest of my life. <laughs> like, like legit, like I work, I you know I'm going to be working close with people. Right. And let's just start right now from right. a position of love. Okay. Because that's where it's going to be. Yeah. So it, it actually ties right back to that experience question. Mm-hmm. Start by doing something. If you need to get experience shooting, go shoot. I don't care if you don't get paid to do it. I'd rather you photograph your friends and family until they're blue in the face right. and get really good at them. They're not going to buy anything anyways. Right. They're never going to value what you do. Right. So you might as well use up your energy on them mm-hmm. and, and learn your craft. And then for the people skills, uh, event, just go meet three people or one person. If, if you're deathly afraid of it or pick up the phone and make a phone call. You know, right now we're in a culture of, the, of a lot of people who are coming into the industry, the, um, are younger photographers who have no very little experience on the phone because electronic communication has been right. their way of, their way of communicating. Right. So, um, there's a natural, uh, anxiety, if you will, that, that kind to of actually flows talk to, to somebody talk to, on to talk the to phone people because they're so worried that things are going to go bad. Right. I mean, I am the, the absolute grand champion of stepping up to a mic and saying the most ridiculous things. I mean, you have no idea. Like literally, <laughs> literally when I am asked to speak, Carol is a, a, like two seats back with a paper in her hand and she's tapping it going script, stay script, on script, stay on script. Cause right. as soon as I drift, I'm like right. Frodo Baggins, you know, like I'm like insulting everyone in the group because I get a little nervous and I, I try to be funny. I drop a cultural reference. Nobody gets, you know, and, and I usually get to it by thinking, you know, I think I'm going to get to this, to this and to this. And I say the third thing with no reference to the other first two right. how I got there. And I'm, right. it's only funny to me. And I laugh <laughs> and I look around the room and no, like, you're not around like, trail and nobody's laughing no and that makes you nervous and you yeah, digress further. And, yeah, and then I go, well, <laughs> Hey, can I drop some F words? How would that be? You know, like loosen, loosen everybody up with Gosh, yeah, hey hey you know what you think your day is going bad <laughs> ready for this you know because my day is going to be a train wreck in a second so you can look at me and laugh and point but you but you even your even your extroverted self you yeah. learn from that um and and you have this self-awareness about you right that you that you've developed i'm assuming from from more than one bomb thrown out to a crowd of a hundred people, right? I have bags and bags of bombs. Your skin gets thicker. It does. Right. So I guess what I'm what I'm trying to get to is because of you putting yourself out there and whether it's whether it's in, in your people skills way or from a technical standpoint with a camera, if you do these things, you're learning and you're gaining this experience. Exactly. Whether you even know it or not. Like if you, if you photograph your friends and family for a year and you do it a bunch to like you said, they're blue in the face by the end of the year, you're going to know your camera in and out and not even realize that, you know, your camera in and out. You you learn it by accident. And most importantly, you haven't diluted your market by giving away sessions all day, every day. Right. Right? So you just keep photographing your nieces and nephews. The people that aren't going to pay for it anyway. They're not going to pay for it. It doesn't matter what you do. They, Mm -hmm. They don't, they already don't value what you do because you know, you're the same guy who, you know, did something ridiculous when you were seven and they'll never forget that. Right. You know? So when so it comes some, to it, when it comes to it, an inquiry, right? An inquiry yeah, or a sale, how, how much of that is based solely upon experience? Like you learned it by accident as opposed to how, and how much of it is you're intentional and you know, these things are going to come and you're, you walk into a sale and you're ready with like, three or four different things. Well, yeah, let's talk about an inquiry for a second. Yeah, that, that's, start there. Yeah, yeah so um, I know from my experience what they're going to ask. Initially, when people ask questions I've never had, you kind of go, uh, uh, yeah. 
we've never photographed a monkey before. You know, like, <laughs> I don't understand. Like, you want to put him in a tutu with a samurai sword? Right. I'm sorry. I, let me, right. looking at my script. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's monkey with a samurai. Monkey, right. diaper, samurai sword. Uh-huh. I, I, I don't have an answer for that. Just right. give me one second. But it, but it doesn't happen very much. It doesn't happen a lot, no. I mean, not just that oh. thing, but it doesn't happen very much. Again, like you, you said, the 20 questions is probably, I'd right. love to know what these 20 questions are because right. it, it's probably a predict. It's like a crystal ball, really. Right. But so for me, when the inquiry comes in, I believe they want to book me. Mm-hmm. I believe that's something because it's people aren't aren't moved by marketing anymore like they used to be mm-hmm. you know you can't just put an ad in a magazine and say "Ooh, i want to get portraits made right. i mean like there's multiple layers like onions being pulled back sure. about why people choose you so if they've gotten up the courage to call you you likely already have them mm-hmm. okay they've chosen you i say people do business with people they know like and trust so marketing wise anything you can do to improve any of those three things or all of those three things right. are going to help you um, in my world, so the inquiry comes in and, and I know kind of what they're going to ask. And I go through it, a very casual conversation. Actually, I talk just like this, you know, so you call us, Hey, t- tell me about what, why we're photographing, who we're photographing. Tell me what style, where's it going to hang in your home? What, what have you thought about? Like I'm planting the seeds that I want to sell wall portraits mm-hmm. because that's how I make my living. Mm-hmm. And we tell, I say, you know, I run through it, a ment- a pretend, if you will, where it's really a truthful mental checklist, but I say, okay, so I always hated asking for money. So when my mental checklist, I had to ask for money. I had to learn how to ask for money. And so I would say things like, okay, let's see. So we're booked for the 13th at four o'clock. We're going to photograph your family at the ocean. We've talked about clothing. We've talked about timing. Oh yeah. So we do prepare session fees and that's their 295. I make it as if it's just one more check because like it used to be a big deal to me. I'd be right. like struggle. And then I realized it's actually just one more little barrier I need to get by. So I need to treat it like it's just a little barrier. So instead of it becoming the climax of the conversation, which right. you don't want. Right. And so that's great. I'm excited. I need money. <laughs> yeah, this is awesome. Pay this me. is awesome. And I, oh, I need you to pay me lots yeah, of money. Yeah, because that's how much of a lech I am. I can only do anything for you if you pay me. Me, which of course right. is the truth, right. but it sounds terrible when you, but you say like it like to that. present it in a way where it's just another thing. It's just one more thing. And it right. should be just one more thing because the right. payment everyone understands. And that's what I talked about authentic communication earlier. Mm-hmm. I talked to my clients about profit. I'm not afraid of it at all, mm-hmm. at all. Because a lot of my clients are entrepreneurs or business people themselves. And right. I kind of joke and I go, well, if you want me to be here in five years, of course I, I want to sell you stuff. Yeah. I want you to buy things because that's how I provide for my family. Mm-hmm. You understand you own a publishing business right and they go i totally get it and all of a sudden you've you've talked about the thing that you don't want to talk about and they don't want to talk about but you've done it in a really non-threatening way and you've made it about them they have now they're not thinking about your profit they're thinking about what they make for profit and I they go it. you know what everyone thinks i'm a millionaire because of this yeah but it, i mean but, not but me, they but, get it but it puts it on them right. to think about their present their like, own their own position right. and now they're like of course you need to make money i had a guy writing us a check one time and we he knew we were going on a vacation for the weekend. And he said, looks like I'm paying for your vacation. Yeah. I've heard that before. Too, and right? I said, I said, you are. <laughs> yeah. And I'm gonna have a great time. And I said, thanks. This is going to be a great weekend. Yeah. And he, and it was almost like, I don't think he expected that response, but he respected it's, that it's, response. It's totally true. This, uh, this idea of authentic communication, and I'm not mm-hmm. talking about like pre set up, you know, just in the can responses. I mean, you have to be authentic. I, we photographed the wedding for the um, giant comp troller one day. Oh. And so he came to us. He was getting married in New Hampshire, but he's from, he works in New York. So a couple was from New York, but they got married in New Hampshire. And we met with them. And so um, chit chatting, they book us. And he says to me on a follow up phone call, he goes, do you, know, do you know why we booked you? 
I said, I'm hoping because you liked me and my work was awesome. He's like, well, of, of course. Right. He goes, but you know, there's other photographers who we liked and other photographers who we had good work. I said, I'm, I'm really afraid to ask, why did you book me? He says, because you spoke to us about profit. Oh. And we knew at that point that you were going to, because your business was about making a living, mm -hmm. that you were going to do everything you could to make us happy. Very interesting. And I, and, and that kind of changed because I was doing it before, but then I started understanding personally that that's another outward sign that we can tell people that we're confident. Right. You know, and, and it shows people, right. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm interested in making you happy because this is how I make my living. This is how I eat. And, and right. you're sending out, it's, it's kind of almost like a pheromone. It's like a sales pheromone, if you will, that you send this out to the world that, yeah, I'm here to make, I'm here to make a living which translates to you being happy. Right, right, and because I'm gonna give it all I got. Um, all I got, because it's all I do. Right. As opposed to, well, I'm gonna show up, I guess. And you're not paying me much. <laughs> you know, when people use that justifying language as photographers, and they go, well, I did this session, because I hear, I, we were in education, of course, you know, Mary Fist Taylor and I started this new thing called The Jam, which is a whole- I'm probably, seeing that. Yeah, yes. so, you know, we, we, we talk to people, and they say, like, they ask questions, like, you know, I, <laughs> I, I did the session and they caught, they talked to me and said, I just want a couple of prints, you know, yeah. like the idea of minimizing language. It's a, a bit of a protective position. The client puts themselves in. Mm -hmm. If they use the word just right or only right or little, yeah. like those, those are cute, like cue words for me to, to correct that mindset. Right. How do you there. correct them? So if you say, I'm just, I just want a couple eight by 10 things. I say, well, do, are you familiar with our work? Oh, I am. Um, I went this family photograph, this family, you did yeah. this, well, et cetera, et cetera. I've seen you. Okay. So you saw their wall portraits, right? Mm -hmm. I did. They're beautiful. Um, well, that's what we're known for. So we typically photograph pe for people who are looking to install wall art in their home. Yeah. Like, tell me about your home. So you, you know, just keep, you just go right. That's a uh, great transition. It's oh, a yeah. great segue. Yeah. I wanted, right. Sorry, I interrupted you. No, that's per well, I'm interrupting you <laughs> well, because that's, that's where we want to like correct that mentality from the client that yes. minimizing language as early as we can and as often as we have to, to keep them on task. And if they just say, no, I only want an eight by 10, then I say, we're probably not the best fit to serve you for an eight by 10. Because you legitimately don't want to go through your whole process. My God, it's hours and hours 10. of work. That's why we can't. Right. I love, you know, when people say, well, you know, and this, we're not really talking pricing, but you know, you, you, you know, I've been a White House user for what, 15 years? Mm -hmm. I mean, exclusively, like everything you, I get nearly every single thing from you guys. Right. So um, I think eight by 10s are $2 or two ten or 2 or something, whatever they, they're under $3. Let's right. just say they're under three bucks. And I joke that the paper's free because the difference between an eight by 10 and a 16 by 20 is, is about 20 bucks. Sure. Ish. Really? 20 bucks. Right. Like it's the value is not on the paper. Right. Paper's worthless. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's a conveyance of the image, right? right? Of course. But it's, it's not the paper. There's no value in paper. No. So if I want a white piece of photographic paper, it's $2 and 40 cents mm -hmm. under, under three bucks. If you want my portrait on it, it's one fifty. Mm -hmm. And like, it's simple. Like, I mean, that's just how it is. It's not about the paper. It's not about the mechanism that conveys the emotion. It's about the emotion behind the image. And we joke all the time. Our price list doesn't have any, um, calculations on it. Like no, I, I call them unanswered equations. So it doesn't say 16 by 20, it says 16. And we price it by what, 
we sell by the short side, which I know everyone's like, you're out of your mind, but we sell by the short side. You sell by the short side. Oh yeah. We, we sell, sell by, by the long side. Absolutely. But we live in New England with short ceilings. So I want to get the highest measurement first in huh. the ceiling and then run at the length okay. based on uh, the room. So we have lots of seven foot, seven and a half foot ceilings. These old colonial houses that are yeah. two and 300 years old. Of course. And we have to pay for heat. Well, I mean, I know you guys do as well, but yeah. the 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 Midwest has higher ceilings by we nature. We do. And we don't. And so it's important for me to make sure that my height is right first. Sure. Because uh, I have to work within a parameter and then we fill it. We fill the space. Lots based of, on the shape of the Yeah. But based on the shape of the family, you know. And so we don't, it, it doesn't say 16 by 16 X 20, which is an unanswered equation. There's mm -hmm. no equal sign that says 320 there. Mm -hmm. And your mind is working that. Mm -hmm. And when it comes down to it, you know, that's math. And we believe that math is the enemy of love. Like when you get into, when you get into math, like you're not thinking about how much you love your family. You're trying to answer an equation. That's a pretty great quote though. And we sell love. We're not selling math at <laughs> math all. Math is We're the selling, enemy of love. That's that's it. Like sixteen x twenty, everyone's trying to go. The and, and maybe it's just me, but I see my clients and they have asked me many times, "How many eight by tens is that?" Right. Like they're trying to figure right. out the math right, of it all. Right. Right. And the last thing I want them to be doing is focusing on math. I, I, absolutely true. I want them in love right. mode, mm -hmm. which is why when we had a price list, which we don't even offer anymore, but when we had a price list, we used to have pictures of other people on their price list. You know. And I look down and I look at them and go, oh, that's a nice picture of the beach. Mm. And I'm like, that's doing everything opposite of what I'm trying to do here. Mm. I'm focusing them while they're st sitting in their room at their projection screen, looking at their own family portraits. And they're thinking about how they made a mistake going to do fall foliage because that beach portrait's fantastic. Oh. I mean, I'm literally drawing them into other people's portraits right. on my price list. Right. Why would I do that? Right. <laughs> That's like saying, oh, and, and I can't sell that. That's like, you know, you walk into uh, Ruth's Chris and all they show is Chick-fil-A pictures, yeah. <laughs> you know, like you're actually telling them, yeah. this is so important. Yeah. It's so important. You should be looking at other people's pictures oh while well, you can, while well, you look at your price I've list. I've never in my life thought about it that way. And that is striking me. I right want now. them face forward yeah. in love with laser their focused love. on yeah. their and, imagery and the the menu if you will mm -hmm. when we had one should be so simple and clean that it, it shouldn't actually have any questions right the simplicity should, is a big piece i mean it needs to look like a zen menu you right. know like just almost nothing there a zen you a zen you i i like there we that go. there it is did look i give that. you something uh, yeah so i feel I'll like you're giving that me a down. lot i want to beep boop 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 zen you i want to give it back yeah i think i appreciate zoodles you know we've ever had zoodles no yeah, they're like a, like noodles that are made out of squash. No. Yeah, no. zoodles. Anyways, so Zenyu. I'm, I'm digging that. <laughs> okay. Copyright, Jed Toffer, okay, 2019. Right. <laughs> Trademark. Right. Um, yeah, so for us, that's how we do our price list. When we, when we have, okay. we've stopped. We don't even offer a price list anymore. We found that it's just a barrier. Well, how does somebody know how much something's going to cost? Just add it to the cart. Once it's added to the cart and I go, yeah, well, this is a, I mean, if people will ask us questions, we, again, the idea of authentic communication, what's a, but they don't know what any of the other sizes, but eight by 10. So they're ordering, not knowing what anything costs. Well, we give them ranges. We say, you know, frequently we'll tell 
um, let's say I'm photographing your family and you go, okay, so give me, w- tell me about what this costs. I, I don't, I've never, mm-hmm. I've never done portraits before. And I'll say, well, the session fee is this. And t- typically people spend between 2,500 and $8,000 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay. If that number doesn't scare them, I'm not trying to scare them. I'm, I'm setting up the scene for, right. I don't want them. The last time I want them to hear about a price is de- definitely not when they're sitting. You want to have the, you want them to have a realistic yeah, expectation. Well, portraits start around $600 and go up depending on size and finish right. and a couple of variations, but really it's about what you like. Right. Okay. Well, that sounds reasonable. I mean, that it's never sounds, no one ever says that sounds reasonable, but they make a decision in their head mm-hmm. that this is what it costs. I'm usually doing phone inquiries or phone consults. Mm-hmm. And then we get the, we get to it. The numbers haven't changed. I haven't changed your prices. It's not a bait and switch. I present them three of our options. Which one do you like? And there's uh, essentially a good, better, best method, mm-hmm. the way we sell them. Right. And I like one presentation and that's the middle one, which we've made to be the most profitable because people like to buy the middle. Right. People love the middle Generally, yeah. Something. And so it's not on the low end and it's not over. Really, yeah, they feel right. this is up high and this is down low. And, and, and I feel right. like I'm not quite spending too much. Right. Um, right. But so we, we typically sell the middle stuff, which is for us, is our, what we call it artisan. It's a, it's a White House photographic print mounted to canvas mounted on Masonite. Mm-hmm. And we frame that. And mm-hmm. then we sell lots and lots of those. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it looks, it actually looks, it fits our personal brand well and it fits our region well. Right. You know, like, so some, I could see how some people say that doesn't fit my style of my, right. I live in a really modern section of California. Well, sure. of course it does not going to make sense to mm-hmm. you. For us, that's what we do. Right. Um, but we stopped using a price list because we want them focused. And if they say, okay, so we project, you know, we, we use pro select like most people do. And we project it on, on their room and say, this is a 16 by 24 or this, this, we actually have a name card. They're called minis. So this is a mini 24. We show it on their wall. They go, that's great. I love that. I said, make it official. They say, yep. I add it to the cart and the price is right there. And we move on. You know why? Cause it doesn't matter. It's just the price. We have put all this fear into it because we're afraid mm. they're going to say, Oh my God, that's $1,900, whatever. Right. Like we, and more times than not, if we make it, if we make it a big deal, it'll be a big deal. If That's we true. make it's not, if we think it's just, it's just another part of the equation, right? Then it becomes just for most people, just another part of the equation. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that people don't change your orders because they don't want to spend as much. Right. Of course that happens to everyone. But most of the time I go, all right. Um, that's the right size. That works for you, mom, dad. Yep. Add it to the cart. Show it the price shows up when I add it. I don't hide the prices from them right. and they see the total grow. Because the last thing I want to do is have them surprised. I want to let them see that total grow. And I'm not afraid of it. It's just money. Well, and they're and they're seeing that happening so that at the end there's not this like big sticker shock where yeah, they're just the, like, oh, and how much was all that? And then you have to tell them one number that they're just hearing for the first time and seeing for the first time. Right. And we never want to say it ever, ever, ever. If I have a choice, I would never say a number because it's always mm. cheaper in your own head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Right. Or, or yeah. more importantly, you're applying whatever you think about it. Right. So you're like, uh, okay, so your total is, <laughs> are you ready? Yeah. <laughs> $7,499. What, what not uh, to say? I mean, it's okay. It's totally okay. I mean, <laughs> you, okay, you, guys. you breathe, breathe through this. You got this, you know, like that's what you said. In reality, what <laughs> someone might be saying is we have no idea. Honestly, people who look, right. look poor are wealthy. Sometimes people who look wealthy are know. poor. So yeah. it's not my choice. It, my, my value as a human being does not have any bearing right. on whether they have the money to buy my product or not. Right. That is a huge Amen. thing. If I could give you one thing Goodness. out there who are listening, that your value as a human being has no basis on whether they buy your product Thank or you. not. Wow. Preach. So <laughs> you tell them the price and it is what it is. Yeah. 
it is exactly in it's it, and if they don't like it they're not going to buy it right. and so what happened what does that mean if they don't if you get a bunch of those it means your marketing is drawing in people who are not your ideal clients who are not your clients right so and I'm sorry I know we're probably going to go long I'm sorry no keep going all right so I went to New York this year uh, a couple times for Christmas. You know, it's a magical time. You know, it's freezing mm-hmm. cold, $35 old fashions. You know, like it's just a great time to go to New York. $35 old fashions. Oh my <laughs> yeah. God. Except I'm not kidding. Right. No, um, that's true. And uh, and in fact, I paid for a $35 from old fashioned because it was a rooftop bar overlooking Rockefeller yeah. Center. You're also paying for that though. I'm paying, I'm literally mostly, paying mostly for rent. Mostly what you're $1 paying. $1 in alcohol, $34 yeah. in rent. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, um, and, and I didn't pay it happily. Like I wasn't like, ooh, I'm still order six more. But I was like, guys, we're sitting on, with blankets looking right. Over at Rockefeller Center from right. a rooftop bar. Right. This is what it, this is what the experience this is. This is it. Yeah. And they have heaters set up for us with blankets. Yeah. This is great. But so I'm walking by, uh, I think it was either Prada or Louis Vuitton, and I'm not buying anything in there. Right. right? I'm not. I mean, it's not one. It's not my product line. But two, it's just my wife loves to look at that stuff. But she would be mortified to have a seven thousand dollar purse. <laughs> she just would. Yeah. Okay. So they have all these windows, these beautiful windows, and they spend a lot of money creating this flash and shine and, mm-hmm. and stuff to get you to come into the store. So we said, let's go in. So we walk in, we say hello to the sales associate, we look at some of the stuff, there's no prices on anything. We know we can't afford really, or we're not, we could afford, we could pay for it, but we're not, it doesn't, we're not, we're, we're not going to pull the trigger on any of this stuff. Right. It's not for us. So I started thinking, I wonder how many of these Louis Vuitton employees or Prada employees are going to post on Facebook today saying, five people called me and no one booked. Mm. Like we see in our industry. Mm-hmm. We take it so personal. Mm-hmm. Prada, Louis Vuitton, et cetera, they don't care how many people don't book. No. They only care about how many people do buy right. or do book. Right. And so that they understood their marketing is laser targeted to some degree to a certain demographic, right? And shotgun marketed to make that demographic feel good about the people who can't afford their product. Interesting. Okay, so they know that if I do a shotgun approach to build the Prada brand or the Louis Vuitton brand, fair enough. But really, all this is creating desire from the masses, which further makes it more desirable for the people who can afford it. To the people that, yeah, can. They fully know that if people are in our shop oogling and eyeing about the stuff they wanna do, there's only like it doesn't bother them at all. No, right. So we as photographers need to stop saying I'm marketing everywhere, all over the world, and people are are seeing my stuff and they're not booking me because I'm too expensive. Well, right. it means that your marketing is not where it needs to be. Mm-hmm. It's not a it's not a pricing issue. It's a marketing issue. You're mm-hmm. pointing your business a shotgun approach to get people to call, but you're for whatever reason what you're doing with your marketing is attracting folks who aren't anywhere near your target client. So you're you're. And it's almost like you might be pointing it to the left and really your target market is just to the right. You need to move that shotgun approach and put your target market in the middle of that, not right. to the very end. Right. And, right. and there's some people who your target market aren't your target market, but they'll stretch. And that's why I say you want to put your target market in the middle right. so that you can get the folks on the ends, on both the, sides. On the ends who will stretch one both way or the sides. other. Right. Yeah. Right. Thank you for taking the time to do this. Oh man, it's so exciting. I look at the people who you have there, like who you've interviewed, and I'm yeah. like, oh my God, this is amazing. Like, I kind of like, look, when you wrote me a note, I looked over my shoulder like, yeah, this must be a wrong email. Oh, for Pete's Like, sake. goodness gracious, he's not talking to me. Yes, I am. <laughs> we just did. Yeah, no, we, and we you did. did a great How cool job. is that? And, and you, you provided, seriously, an awful lot to think about, and I, I, I just appreciate you doing this with I'm me. happy to. I'll tell you guys out there, listen, this is a kind of a cool thing about Jed, is that- Uh-oh. 
Yeah, yeah, here we go. Okay, in 1976. You know, it's like that guy, the voice was of that. You know the guy who um, who does those voice, um, he always, every time you hear his voice, you know someone's been murdered. You know, like... <laughs> What? You know those TV shows that have like, they, like un, not unsolved mysteries, but like oh. forensic files or something? Yeah. Like when that guy talks, yeah. someone's dead every yeah. single time. Like he's never, it's always like, on the night of, on the night of July 11th, on a lonely road. I'm like, I know, I know this, how this ends. Oh, yeah. Somebody's dead. Yeah, he didn't and make it. We don't know what happened. Like it's kind of like it's one of those 20 questions. And like when you hear his voice oh. and he's describing anything, someone died oh. but like when you wrote to me and you're like well what do you want to talk about I'm like I'm not even worried what we're going to talk about yeah and actually that's the the key if I can give you a takeaway or anyone listening is that I came unprepared for this you oh. and I had no precursor of where this conversation would yeah, go not really and I think it's to me as an inter- interviewee it was completely seamless like there was never a lull that I was like I don't know what I can say to him <laughs> and like it was a very easy conversation which I think the fitting of conversations good. makes a lot of sense good i hope it i i hope it comes across that way too that's what i yeah and if you want to uh, notch it up a little bit i would call it conversatio you know so that you we know, ha- that way we have this like really latin feeling it, like it's a oh that's latin i was yeah. thinking italian no, i don't know is it italian uh, it, uh, either way i think i think it's latin um, <laughs> you know conversatio with jed Toffer. i don't want to but i i want to be in the middle and get people on both ends to come. That's in. the way. I, that's actually what yeah. So Boom. convos. That's my Instagram at convo. Is it really at this convo? Sorry. Hey, I'm I'm really grateful um, for being here. I've always admired the folks you've had, you've interviewed, and I've always loved your interviews. And your your nature is so clean and funny and fresh. <laughs> Thank love, you. Love to be here. Thank you for having me. It was it was great. Have a great rest of the convention. You too. Talk to you guys later. Bye.